You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network TV Bricks. Mr. Mudinelli, good day, and thank you so much for coming here and for this interview. Thank you very much for having me here. So my first question, being a key country on the African continent, South Africa has been a member of the BRICS organization for more than 10 years. Your country is fighting for a multipolar world. Has BRICS membership increased the country's leadership on the African continent? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, South Africa has been in BRICS for more than 10 years. And uh, in 2018, we had our BRICS summit. Uh, which also uh, gave birth to the BRICS summit here uh, in, in Moscow and then followed by India next year. So South Africa, uh, you know, is the, one of the biggest economies in Africa. We have been trying to encompass all the uh, African countries, bring them together so that this BRICS um, uh, grouping does not only benefit South Africa, it benefits also Africa because we cannot have South Africa, which is uh, having uh, the richness and then surrounded by the poor countries. So with the BRICS and the BRICS Bank, we're very happy that uh, now we are heading to the right direction. So there is no doubt that the BRICS countries are interested in cooperation with South Africa since it is the largest economy on the African continent, as you have already said that mentioned. The country's GPD is one of the third of the total GPD of the rest of the states located south of the Sahara. In addition, South Africa has a developed infrastructure and one of the most developed financial markets in the world. Moreover, it possesses large reserves of minerals. What does BRICS membership mean for South Africa and what role does South Africa play in this association? Partly you have already answered, but a little bit larger. Yes, thank you very much. We, in the BRICS organization, we help each other mainly uh, when it comes to, to the UN Security Council. We vote with the BRICS countries and uh, we cooperate with the BRICS countries in many ways. Um, in terms of the, the minerals, in terms of what BRICS can offer. You will recall that China has got the biggest population in the world. India has got the biggest population. And when it comes to Russia, 146 million people and plus. So we are gaining a lot by being a part of the, the BRICS grouping. And we have offered a lot to the BRICS countries including uh, the Russian Federation. Uh, for example, we have a lot of students that are studying in the Russian Federation, more than 800 students. We have a lot of students that are now in Brazil, students that are in India. So we are working with BRICS countries and we are gaining a lot from the BRICS uh, countries and they are also gaining a lot from uh, South Africa and also from the, the Africa as a whole. Despite the fact that South Africa is remote geographically from the Russian Federation, as we have already mentioned, it is very close to us. So can you name uh, some similarities between our countries? Yes, um, our relationship with the Russian Federation stems from the time of the, the, the Soviet Union. We had our, our military uh, wing, Umkontewesizwe, from the African National Congress who have been trained here in the Russian Federation. We had students that were trained here during that time. So our relationship grew during that period and it built towards the formation of the Russian Federation. And now we are still cooperating in many fields. We have more than 54 agreements that have been signed. 
we've got more agreements that are going to be signed, including the education, defense, environmental affairs, agriculture, and many, many more agreements that are on the pipeline. Uh, what's the level of political interaction between our countries? Our, our relationship and uh, our uh, interaction is at the optimal level. We, we have um, uh, pitched it very, very high. And uh, during the President Putin's visit to South Africa in Durban, they signed an agreement. And uh, we also signed the waiver of a visa agreement between the two countries, which means for three months you can go to South Africa without a visa and vice versa. That's why we have also a bursary or scholarships that are provided by the Russian Federation for our students. And we are working very, very hard to improve the relationship, including tourism and other sectors. So are there many businessmen from Russia and South Africa opening their manufacturing and so on, investing money? Yes, 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 yes. We, we, we have uh, a lot of investment that are in, 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 in the Russian uh, Federation from South Africa. We um, are the biggest supplier of citrus foods in the Russian Federation. Our wine has improved. We have a lot of bottled wine that are now in the Russian Federation. So also Russia. We have got cooperation on minerals because they supply us with some minerals. We also import a, a lot of um, um, trucks, the Kamaz, we import them to South Africa. And also from South Africa, we export a lot of uh, also food and vegetables, fruit and vegetables, and also um, a lot of other commodities that are found here in the Russian Federation. What do you think will be the future of Russia-African relationship? It started very well, especially um, we have seen that in terms of the nuclear energy, there are countries that have signed already with the Russian Federation for the supply of nuclear technology. And um, we have seen the increase of students from the African countries coming to Russia. And I understand there's almost more than 1,500 scholarships that are provided to, to the students from the African continent to study here. In South Africa, we've got 35 uh, scholarships that were provided. So it's not only in terms of, of mining, in terms of, of economy, which we know it's obvious, but in terms of people-to-people -people relations and um, you know increasing tourism between the, the, the African continent and the Russian Federation. We hope that uh, the Aeroflot one day will fly directly to South Africa. That is in the pipeline. Thank Speaking you. about traveling and tourism, what can Africa afford to Russian tourists today? You know, we, we know that um, when the corona, um, COVID-19 started, we, we, we had very less traveling. All the airports were closed, traveling was restricted. Now it's opening up and we could see that uh, Russia opened Egypt, they opened Tanzania, they opened travel in now a few other countries, including South Africa, with connections from seven countries to go to South Africa. So we, we have seen that uh, there is a lot of increase now in traveling to Africa. And also, um, two years ago, 
we, we started negotiation with the Aeroflot to fly to South Africa. One flight per week on Fridays and increasing as the demand uh, arises. So we know that in terms of tourism, you like to go for safari in our, our national parks. And we have seen recently that in Tanzania, there is full of Russians. They go there for sun, enjoying the sun of Africa, and also to see the wild life, the wild animals, increasing tourism. We want it to be reciprocity, vice versa, coming here to the Russian Federation and also uh, going to Africa. Okay, so we have talked about tourism. You said that tourism is one of the main sectors of, uh, well, in South Africa, of its economy. Uh, if Russian people do come in South Africa this summer or maybe in autumn when it's better to come, uh, will they have to be tested for COVID-19? How will these procedures will be taken? Yeah, currently, um, when you are vaccinated, you, you are provided with a certificate. And um, when you visit uh, the country, you need to be tested and provide a negative uh, certificate. Uh, we hope that um, as pe more people and more people are being vaccinated, then it will ease the travel um, across the, 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 the globe, and especially in South Africa. We need more Russians to travel to South Africa. Most of people, they think South Africa is Cape Town only. And South Africa is also a big land, nine provinces which offers a variety of, of tourism, tourism attractions, especially people come for safari and for hunting, uh, for game fishing. In, in fact, um, I had a friend who just called me that he's going to South Africa for a competition uh, fishing. So we, we hope that we can attract more tourists especially Russian tourists, to go to South Africa. Okay. Most, more of them, they don't know South Africa. They think it's very, very far. And um, we think uh, it's reachable and people can go there and enjoy. Has the impact of citrus increased and how did the pandemic affect the crop, if it truly affected? Yeah, you know, the pandemic affected a lot of people, a lot of businesses. But when it comes to citrus fruits and the production in South Africa, it has increased according to the statistics provided by, by the, the Russian Federation and also from our Ministry of Trade, Industry and Competition in South Africa. So that's why we are the second biggest exporter of citrus fruits in the world, to the world. So you can imagine, we have a lot of fruits that are coming here uh, in the Russian Federation and also supply to the world. This period of pandemic, it has affected a lot of businesses. Businesses closed and so many people lost their jobs. And um, uh, we, we are busy now with uh, the economic recovery of our country. And um, the, government can, the government cannot do it alone. Um, they rely on <coughs> the assistance from the World Bank, uh, the IMF, and the other organizations that are giving support to our country. All, most of the countries are, have been badly affected by the, 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 the COVID-19, and it will take time for countries to recover. In South Africa now, we are looking at uh, unemployment is, is very high. We are trying now to, to find a way for the economic recovery in order to make sure that businesses, they can stand on their feet and also we can increase employment, especially of youth and women. 
and um, also in, you know increase our economic activities uh, we have started already opening up a little bit we are on level one as we speak which is uh, now a giving opportunity for the businesses uh, to operate uh, fully so south africa advances from year to year i should say well we will not um, take into consideration the past year, but still. What has your country achieved over the past decade uh, and in what areas? Yes, um, as you know that um, South Africa is coming from a difficult uh, uh, period of apartheid until 1994 when we attained our freedom. So since then we, we have changed our foreign policy and then our also domestic priorities to make sure that uh, we concentrate on um, uh, uh, reducing the unemployment rate and um, you know increasing increasing the growth rate of the country and make sure that um, um, our pillars of the economy uh, we take care of them education is one of our priorities healthcare uh, you know provision of clean water and also making sure that um, um, we support our our industries industrial growth make sure that we increase our exports and quality exports so um, those are issues that we, we have uh, improved a lot uh, since we took over as the, the government in 1994 uh, we are still really looking forward to to, to come up with the recovery plan for the COVID-19, which caught us on uh, uh, you know, all the countries in the world. But um, we hope that by the next few years, uh, we'll be back on our feet, full recovery uh, of the COVID-19. We hope so, with the assistance of the BRICS countries and the AU, the SADC, and the UN countries. So all over the world, we're working together to, to make sure that um, we help each other to recover from this pandemic. So what's your opinion about business in South Africa? How many time will it take to recover? What do you think? It, it will take quite some time. Um, you know, the COVID-19, it came, it caught us unprepared. Um, we, we never thought that it would, it would take so long. And we were told that it can take even, even more. We had a second wave in South Africa, and then which really took a lot of lives of people, and some people lost their businesses, and um, you know it left schools closed for for a longer period. Um, most of the businesses are not really recovering well, so it will take time. But the government is doing all it can to try and provide assistance to those businesses, especially. SSMEs, uh, small and medium uh, enterprises uh, that, that are really struggling. Our national airline has also been affected by, by the COVID-19. And then our state, you, you know, uh, SOEs, state organizations uh, that are supported by the government. So we hope that within the next few years, will go back again to the recovery but it's the whole world it's not only south africa so we want to make sure that when we recover we are not drawn back by other countries that are not recovering so we are working towards the recovery 
uh, with the other African countries uh, through the African Union, through our regional organization, the so-called STADEC, um, which is also having a strategy for the recovery, which also um, hang on uh, our recovery strategy, which we have put together now uh, from the presidency and then from the other ministries that are dealing with the recovery program of the country. On what international platforms do the representatives on, of our countries meet? What's your opinion on the Russian Economic Summit in Sochi? And do you consider such meeting formats to be productive? Well, partly you have said that a little bit more about this. Do you think that this summit in Sochi that was held in 2019 was a success? Yes, uh, it was the first summit between uh, Russia and Africa. And um, um, we were very happy that there was a, a, a good response coming from African leaders to come here. And uh, the outcomes were very, very positive because we could see that Russia is trying to increase its trade towards Africa. There was a perception that Russia only uh, export uh, weapons to Africa. But we have seen uh, mining, there, is a lot of, there are a lot of companies in, in South Africa and also in Africa. And um, we, we, we think that that is a very good start. And the next uh, summit between the two, I understand, is going to be in Africa, which will be very good for the Russian Federation also to expand its footprints in, in Africa. So can you speak a little bit about the coronavirus and the situation in South Africa, if you don't mind? So what's the situation about this disease in your country and how does uh, South Africa cope with coronavirus? You know, we, we, we have um, plus minus 1.5 uh, uh, million uh, people that, that have been affected globally. But, um, you know, we have uh, a highest a number of uh, recoveries in South Africa. Although we, we, have, uh, we had higher infections and we had um, um, another strain that was strange, and people said it's a South African strain, and, but we managed to, to contain it. Now we are using Johnson & Johnson, um, so many people now from the front line, and uh, healthcare workers, uh, doctors that have been uh, vaccinated. So we are continuing uh, to look for more vaccine. vaccine. Uh, we ordered AstraZeneca from India. Uh, it didn't work according to, to our, uh, what our scientists are, are expecting. And then, but the Johnson & Johnson is working very well. And we're hoping at some stage there will be consideration to have Sputnik in South Africa. We, we haven't started testing the Sputnik. We, we haven't, the, the Ministry of, our Ministry of uh, Health, they are busy still with negotiations. Mm -hmm. As you know, when the, the vaccine arrives in South Africa, mm -hmm. it must be tested first. We know that the efficacy of Sputnik is uh, around 91.6%, which is very good. Mm -hmm. But still, when it comes to South Africa, we need to test and see if it can handle uh, the, 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 the situation in our country. Because we have got, um, uh, you know, a, a strange in which people from Europe, they say a South African strain, which is strange for us because it's all over the world now. 
So Sputnik will come, it will go through the processes of, of registration, it will go through the process of testing. When uh, the scientists are satisfied with it, then they will advise our country to start using Sputnik. But for now, Sputnik is not yet uh, registered and it's not yet in South Africa. Um, a question about today's event. I know that you have been invited to the exhibition of the Days of South Africa. And you have visited it. Yes. So what's your opinion towards that? What can you say? No, um, you know, this exhibition has been here for, for quite a long time. This is the fourth year now, as far as I know. It has been to Vladivostok, it has been to Sochi, it has been to other regions. And now, lastly, it's here in Moscow. Uh, the photographer who is the late uh, uh, Tinas uh, Botha, he put together a very good uh, photographs uh, for exhibition. And um, we are very happy that uh, uh, Mr. Mikhail Fatif uh, came to us and um, partnered with the embassy to make sure that we exhibit around the country. And the exhibition here, I see the setup is very, very nice and professional. So we hope that uh, it will attract a lot of people and uh, a lot of publicity. And also we're very proud of it. In future, we're going to organize more exhibitions like this in the Russian Federation. And uh, would you like to organize an exhibition of Russian artists there in the South Africa? Will it be yeah, possible we, to do? You know, we, in, in 2017, uh, we signed an agreement with the, with the uh, Russian Federation, especially in the Svelrovsk region in Ekaterinburg, where um, our Pumalanga province had um, uh, you know, the artists coming to perform, live artists to come to perform. And they always attend the Ural Music Festival every year, and except last year because of COVID. So we have a lot of interaction between um, South Africa and the Russian Federation in terms of um, culture, uh, art, and also the exhibition that is happening now, and it has been happening uh, throughout the past four years as far as I know. So we, we hope that uh, we're going to continue and uh, to, to work together along those lines. Mr. Modinelli, thank you so much for this interview. It was a pleasure to see you here, to talk to you. I've learned a lot about South Africa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thanks for the listeners who will be listening for this interview. Thank you very much. You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.